See, the great thing about that song is that those of you who are sitting right here, the light is actually shining on you. So uh, you get that in, in all of its glory. Let's go ahead and go to that next slide that, that puts up again our, our mission statement. See, the one thing that we know about this is it doesn't just roll off the tongue. It's a lot of words to it. And uh, that's why we say, you know, we're not really looking for a bumper sticker here. We're not looking for that, oh man, yeah, that's it. The catchphrase. We're, we're pursuing the ideal of what it means to become gospel-shaped, what it means to be people who are responding to God, who are responding to Christ out of grace, not fear, that we're responding to him and that the, the work that we do, the love and the service that we do to others, it, it comes from a, a, a place of, of the goodness and graciousness of God. It doesn't come from a place of fear or even duty. Oh, we want nothing more for it to be delight, delight. So uh, Larry mentioned Matthew chapter 28, and I want to read these words of Jesus, because really what Jesus has given as his commission are, are words that we that we take seriously as a church. Starting in verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. One thing that you'll notice if you look at our church name, East Sunshine Church of Christ, one thing you'll notice is that we're a church. I mean, we are. We're a church. And, and that, that really means a lot. Because it talks about our place, not just within the kingdom, but but our place and our role here in Springfield, that we're a church. And while different churches may have different ways of expression, of philosophy and mission, different ways that they're living out their faith, you see, all churches, if they are churches, have this in common, that we're simply trying to reach and make followers of Jesus Christ. So in some ways, isn't it great that we don't have to spend a lot of meeting time figuring out what we're supposed to be doing as a church? That Jesus has already shown us the way. Now you'll also see in our name how we are a church that belongs to Jesus Christ. We, we don't interpret Church of Christ as a denomination. We view it as a church that belongs to Jesus Christ. We're a church that belongs to Jesus Christ. I mean, do you see how good that is? 
how great it is that, that we belong. That our identity, who we are, and what we do as a church is all tied in to this central idea that as a people together who have chosen to follow Christ, that together we belong to him. So, since we are a church that belongs to Christ, what we're simply trying to do is carry out the mission that Jesus has for churches who belong to him. So I want to share with you three quotes today. These are things that are in our consciousness. These are some of the ideas that are all uh, driving us. Think of them as a funnel. All these ideas are in a funnel. And, and what's going to come out at the end of the funnel is a really delicious, crispy funnel cake. Okay? And now you're going, hmm, funnel cakes. Sounds good. Dallas Willard, in his book, Renovation of the Heart, says, Spiritual formation in Christ-likeness should be the exclusive primary goal of the local congregation. Man, that's, that's a big sentence there. That spiritual formation in Christ-likeness should be the exclusive primary goal of the local congregation. See, that means that a church can be involved in all kinds of things, and, and churches are involved in all kinds of things, and all kinds of good things, and activities, and fun stuff, you know, toy drives, and talent shows. We can be involved in all kinds of things, but our exclusive primary goal is spiritual formation in Christ-likeness. And so our 2020 two theme, Larry, will be focused on spiritual formation. And, and I know that these words, spiritual formation and making discipleship and making disciples and discipleship, I mean, they carry some unfortunate baggage in many ways. So what we want to do along the way is we, we want to try to recapture reclaim the ideal that Jesus has for us as people who together have chosen to follow him and we do that collectively here as a church or as Greg has already pointed out as we share life in Jesus. So what Dallas Willard calls spiritual formation in Christ like this is this is our overarching theme. This is the the foundation upon which we want to base the things that we're going to be involved in. In 2022. Again, not intended to be a mission statement or a bumper sticker, just a way for us to clarify our vision and mission as a church. I came across a book recently, and by recently, I meant this last Friday, I came across this book as I was actually talking to one of our candidates. We have initial phone conversations with people who apply. We like to tell them a little bit about East Sunshine because we don't want there to be any surprises along the way. And in the context of the discussion, we started talking about spiritual formation. And the candidate said, have you ever heard of this book? And I said, no, tell me more. And she began to tell me something about it. And as soon as the conversation was done, I love Kindle. I mean, I don't love Kindle. I like Kindle because I love books in my hand. But I went out and bought it immediately. The book is called An Invitation to a Journey by Robert Mulholland, Jr., and immediately I was, I was struck by this because he offers a very accessible definition of spiritual formation. He says, spiritual formation is a process 
of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. I mean, where has that book been all my life? I mean, we talk about spiritual formation, right, as something that I do, I do, I do, when really it's something that God is doing in us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that is forming us, that is transforming us. I've said it before, I will say it again. If we could change ourselves, we would have already done it. We can't. So it's the Spirit's work in our life that changes us. But I'd never, I'd never even thought of this, this idea that I'm not pursuing spiritual formation just for selfish reasons. I'm pursuing spiritual formation for selfless reasons, for the sake of others, for the sake of others. So when we talk about spiritual formation and Christ-likeness, we're talking about the work that God does in the heart of each person through the Holy Spirit because of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. He's done the work for us. I love how the Christmas story focuses on a God who is with us. I mean, that's the Christmas story, a God who is with us. And you look at the Easter story because the Easter story focuses on a God who is for us. And so we're trying to come at this as a people that we don't want to be motivated by guilt. We don't want to be motivated by fear. We're tired of shame calling all of the shots in our life as individuals and in our life as a church. So what we want to do is we want to be people who are, who are resting in and delighting in a God who delights in us. We want to be a people who are adoring a God who adores us. We want to be a people who are giving expressions of love to a God who is so madly in love with us. It's almost embarrassing. It's almost embarrassing. How fierce his love for us. I get a lot of grief for quoting Timothy Keller in my messages. And I haven't in a while, but I just saw this quote on my Instagram account and I thought, oh man, this is exactly, thank you God for having Tim Keller quote this on my Instagram because it speaks to the heart of what we're talking about. He says, God creates us simply for the joy and love, just simply because of his joy and love. He loves us not instrumentally for what he can get out of us, he loves us for us. So it is the height of wisdom to love God for himself alone and to value human beings not simply for what we can get from them, but as beings who reflect the image of our maker. A process of spiritual formation in Christ-likeness, in the image of Christ for the sake of others. So here's what we're coming to understand, that being formed in this image of Christ, spiritual formation in Christ-likeness, it occurs because of time spent with Jesus. That's how it occurs. John Mark Comer, in Practicing the Way, says, We hear the language follower of Jesus all the time, but what does it mean to be a disciple or apprentice of the rabbi from Nazareth? Put simply, it means, this is... This is good stuff. 
to be a disciple or follower of Jesus Christ, you are reorganizing your life around three goals. Number one, to be with Jesus. Number two, to become like Jesus. Number three, to do what Jesus did. It's been my experience in my short 40 years that we've spent a lot of time on the do what Jesus did without the be with Jesus. We've spent a lot of time on the become like Jesus so that you can do what Jesus did without the be with Jesus. (laughs) Don't you see? The be with Jesus makes everything else possible. So our goal and our vision is to be a people who are simply first and foremost. That we are committed, each one of us individually and together collectively, to be with Jesus. So what we're going to do in, uh, the, uh, as we launch 2022 is we're going to have these uh, three areas of focus. Uh, first and foremost, our, our, and what we're going to do over the next few weeks is that we're just going to talk about each one of them in just short highlights. I'm just going to give you the big picture right now. We'll come back to them over the weeks and talk to them more individually. So first of all, the first area of focus in 2022 is we want to be people who experience Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're putting together left brain, right brain stuff. Because we know there's more than one way to, to relate to and to interact to experience Jesus. And so we're taking a look at our second hour and what happens there. And we want to offer some left brain stuff and some right brain stuff. We want to offer things that engage heart, soul, mind, and strength. Some of the things that we're going to be pursuing together in order to experience Jesus or to be with Jesus are ways that we can experience Jesus through, for example, the Bible Project. Many of you have talked about how how impactful the good and beautiful God groups were to you. Many of you are talking about The Chosen, which I guess has been named the number one movie about Jesus last year or something. I saw a little stream on that. We're going to lean into these practicing the way groups and even talk about having some discovery groups for people who are new to Christ, new to faith. So they can experience Jesus. Our second area is to engage with Jesus. Yeah, we're not not giving up becoming like Jesus. But we want to look at different ways to do this. And we want to lean into Wednesday night as a way to do this together. That we're looking at Sunday morning as more of a way to introduce people to Jesus. And we're looking at Wednesday night as a way to have people have a different and a more intimate and engaged encounter with him. We're looking at this book that I just mentioned to you that I just found on Friday, An Invitation to a Journey. We're looking at Renovation of the Heart, the Prodigal God. We're looking at having some discussion groups centered on watching The Chosen and then coming back on Wednesday night and, and talking about that and sharing that experience together. So the first one is to experience Jesus, be with Jesus. The second one is to engage with Jesus, to become like Jesus. And the third one is to connect with people. And this is how we're defining do what Jesus did. Is that we want to connect with people. 
So we want to engage in connection groups within the congregation. We're exploring the idea of bringing deacons back into the church, but not in the traditional way that we've always heard or understood deacons. We want to have ministry leaders be the ones who lead ministries or programs, and we want deacons to be the ones who lead people, to engage in the lives of people on a smaller scale. And smaller groups of people who are committed to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And we'll talk some more about that in the coming weeks. We want to provide outreach and service opportunities that engage others to experience Jesus by being around people who are experiencing Jesus. We want our lives to be the testimony of what it looks like to be with Jesus. That's the testimony we want. Now, uh, over the next several weeks, as I said, each Sunday, we're going to talk about one of those specific things at a time. And just a ministry spotlight, and we'll get back into John, and we'll we'll, we'll continue that series as well. But I want to remind you that, again, Sunday for us is going to be the come and see. It's going to be the come and see invitation that Jesus gives. Come, Come experience and encounter Jesus. And we want Wednesday night to be the follow me to become like Jesus, where we're engaging in connection with community and relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to talk about uh, reestablishing what we do on Wednesday night. But, But more than that, we want there to be not just a Sunday or a Wednesday. I mean, we are a church after all, but we want to be more than that. And so we want an ongoing emphasis We want to incorporate into our lives this other thing that Jesus says, as I have. And so we want to be people who are doing what he does out of response to the grace that we receive. We want to move toward a be, become, do as a lifestyle. And then we, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we want to to put the J-O-Y back into joy. That's like a joy bus, you know. Those of you who did that. Did the church ever have joy buses here? Yes? No? Does anybody know? Did the church ever have joy buses? Wow. I've got a program we can start. <laughs> it's this revolutionary new idea. <laughs> On January the 2nd, we plan to announce the date of, of we're going to have 12 congregational activities that are just as silly and just as fun and just as engaging as the 12 12 talent, soiree, Christmas sweater. Oh, wait, Christmas sweater, soiree. I'm trying to get it. Cookie, cocoa, cha-cha, chow-chow show. See, I thought if I had a really stupid title, I'd remember it. Greg, who's the guru on this kind of stuff, says, we're going to give you one. You can have one ridiculous title event. But all the rest of them have to be shorter. So on January 2nd, we're going to say, okay, here they are. Here's the 12 of them. Mark your calendar. Save the date. So just a quick word about timeline. Uh, Go to the slide that has the calendar. So you'll notice that today is circle. That's the 5th. That's today. Okay? That's because it's my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, sister. My present is saying it's your birthday in front of the church. Now, uh, December 7th is Beth and I's 30th anniversary. So, also Pearl Harbor Day. But, you know, living with me... Yeah, wait, is that a metaphor or is that a... 
living with me, it's like, it's my 30th, it's her 210th anniversary. You know, it's like, it's like dog years. Okay, now that we got the personal stuff out of the way, uh, no, 30 years of marriage, Beth says it's been the best 28 years of her life. The 11th is our toy drive. You already know about that. The 12th, that's our talent show. And then on the 19th, uh, we're going to be beginning one week at a time uh, with these emphasis areas. The 24th, as you know, is uh, Christmas Eve, and we're planning a Christmas Eve service. Yes, there he is. Josh is in the house, otherwise known as Pastor Jay-Z. So we are having a Christmas Eve service. And not only did I forget that Advent was last week, I never remember which one is Christmas Sunday. So Christmas Sunday on the church calendar is supposed to be the Sunday before Christmas. But I'm going to stand up and say, we're having Christmas Sunday both the 19th and the 26th. Okay, we're going to cover all of our bases on that. Then go to the next one. So what we're going to do over those uh, into January, then on January the 2nd, Uh, That's the date that we're going to announce all of our big, fun fellowship activities. On January 9th, I'm going to begin a vision series doing our message time, uh, talking about how from uh, from the Bible we're going to talk about gospel-shaped living. We're going to talk about gospel-shaped leadership. We're going to talk about this whole idea of how we're engaging in the community uh, and gospel-shaped spiritual formation. So that'll start on the 9th. And then I've got the 12th circled. Uh, We want to lean into Wednesday night in parallel with the schedule uh, that already exists with Awana, and we'll talk more about some of the things that we're going to be offering on, on, on Wednesday night, starting on the 12th. But the idea is we want to bring back uh, this schedule that we've had, even coming to a once-a-month uh, meal together, and then bringing back sanctuary on Wednesday night as a time of, of praise and worship together as well. And then on January the 30th, we're going to have a celebration Sunday uh, where we'll all gather uh, together here. Uh, we won't have uh, Bible classes that day. It'll be a big celebration Sunday, and uh, we plan to uh, uh, dedicate and uh, launch forth in our mission for the year. As Larry said, we need your help. And so consider this four specific invitations. First, an invitation to join us in prayer and fasting. Uh, praying for God. This has been my prayer every, every day for God to reawaken us, for God to bring revival to us, for God to break into our congregation and do what only he can do. The second thing is we're using this phrase over and over again because, listen, we're living in a new reality. We just are. And so we need to reimagine together what it looks like to be church and to do church across all areas of ministry. But this is also an invitation to ongoing conversations. We want to hear from you. We want your input. We want to, we want to hear what you're thinking, what God is doing in your life and your heart as we, as we plan these specifics of living out our mission together. But more importantly, co-op gets a lot of things right. We have a co-op that meets here every Tuesday. They get a lot of things right. The one thing that they get more right than others is the involvement of the people who are in it. We need you to be part of the reality that God has for us, this new reality. We need your help. 
can't do it. But more than can't do it, don't want to do it alone. Don't want to be having to make all the decisions, organizing everything. We need you. And so this is an opportunity for all of us to invest in our church so that together we can be with Jesus, we can become like Jesus, and we can do what Jesus did. Because after all, our desire is to become gospel-shaped people who in response to the grace that we have received from our Lord Jesus Christ, that we follow his example of love and service. Jane is going to come and lead us in a prayer over this.